0: Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Welcome, Interisti, to episode 43 of the Interviews Podcast. We are here for the post match reaction of Salernitana Inter, which finishes 4 0 to the visitors. A super sub performance from El Toro with goals in the 62nd, 77th, 85th, and 89th minutes. Inter takes home the three points back on top of Serie A along with Milan. And uh, yeah, it's good to, to get back on to doing one of these win pods after a tough performance against Sassuolo. This wasn't a, um, you know, we're early in the season, it's hard to call anything a must-win right now, but given the past several performances, I know a lot of Interisti thought, you know, we're getting the feeling that this is a must-win away from home to a Salernitana that is yet yet to pick up a victory in Serie A, so the boys get it done, and we will dive into it all, as, uh, as always, I am one half of your co-hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa, but we are without Johnny today, and we have uh, another super stub s- stepping in to be our, uh, our lautado. Nick Diani of the Kicks and Picks pod is here to join us. Nick, thanks for coming on.
1: Really appreciate it. No worries at all. Thank you for having me. Second time guest here, so I'm, I'm filling up the stat sheet a little bit, and I will do my very best to channel the good and bad of Johnny. While he's out, the
0: good and the bad. The good and the bad. We need both of it. That's what our uh, our listeners crave, and I'm sure you'll uh, you'll step up to the plate uh, before we dive into Inter. So, you and I both had um, opposing sort of Saturdays in terms of feelings around our our football clubs. This is uh, an Inter podcast, but we'll pay our respects to the rest oh. of uh, <laughs> to the rest of Nick, how are to. you feeling after? <laughs> uh,
1: um, how are you feeling? Yeah, so uh, I'm a little numb, to to be honest. So uh, I'm a Lazio fan for anybody that's unfamiliar. um, It's just nothing that wasn't expected. Unfortunately, this is this year's Lazio. This is Maurizio Sarri's team. The lack of motivation is just showing week in and week out. Um, You know, people thought we might have turned the corner after the Napoli victory a few weeks back. But. Napoli hasn't looked all that great this year, so how good is that win, really? And I didn't give them much of a chance to beat Milan this week, and I think if it wasn't for Provadel, um, the scoreline could have gotten ugly. I think it could have been a 3 or 4 nothing win for Milan. So uh, it's a combination of two things. Lazio aren't very good. The new players haven't really gelled yet. Chiro Immobile hasn't looked good. Uh, Really, none of the forwards have looked good. and. Milan's a great team. I mean, the really the only blemish on their record this year was the destruction at the hands of Inter, but they're, you know, 1A really this year. I think you guys and Milan are the class of the league. I think everybody else is a step behind. So, um, you know, not, not really much to say, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, Milan has is, is obviously rebounded well after um a tough showing against Inter at the San Siro in the derby. Uh obviously again early days, but we're starting to you know, what are we 6 rounds into uh the Serie A yeah, season this is now? Seven. So, yep. Yep. Um things are starting to get a little clearer on where teams stand and Milan is going to be challenging Inter this year, which, you know, it's um not unexpected. I think what's unexpected right. is that Lazio is sort of taking a step back. I I picked them in my top four to get in yeah. over Napoli. I thought Napoli would really struggle this year, um, but uh, yeah, Lazio not bringing their best. But regardless, we move on and it's time to uh, time to discuss Inter. So, Nick, usually we jump in and you know talk a little bit about the game and uh, get into some of the player performances. Sure, I. I know what I saw today, which was a team that we saw it against Sassuolo. There's some tired legs on the pitch. Um, obviously, there's some rotation going on here, but there's some tired legs on the pitch. And then in the first half, I think, despite opening up really well, um, Salernitana pressed us and pressed us hard. And you started to see that that sort of fatigue and sluggishness settle into in there. We're going to talk about, it's a tale of two halves here. We're going to talk about both halves. What did you see from the the league leaders in the first half? Did you have any concern that this result would not go our way based on the first 45? I don't know that I did. I think they came out, they were absolutely dominant
1: in those first 10 minutes, especially. Uh, a couple of really, really good chances. I think uh, Alexis had a really tough miss and correct me if I'm wrong this is his first minutes this year or certainly his first start this
0: is this is his first start yeah first start he got a few minutes in the last game but first start
1: okay so really tough miss for him uh Denzel Dumfries uh, this is where I bring out my bad Gianni I think he has a, a great two or three minutes every game and then you're wondering what he's doing the other 87 to 89 um he had a really rough miss, and you know, within that kind of opening barrage. Um, but this is the reason I didn't have any concern was this is the the reason Inter is head and shoulders above everybody else because they have three, four guys on the bench that they call in that are starting on 95% of teams, could even potentially start on this Inter team. So I thought Carlos Augusto looked really, really good. I think, um, you know they they didn't really miss a beat even with players getting some rest uh you know I don't, I don't know if any of that was injury concern or if it's just literally looking ahead to the champions league but the first 10 minutes especially the even into the first 20 to 25 minutes it was all Inter they could have had a goal easily if not more i think uh turam you you can't say enough good things about him he has been absolutely outstanding he's everything you could have hoped for and more The way he holds up the ball is incredible. His movements are great. He's just a strong presence in the box. He was shoved down once or twice uh, before. I know we'll get into the second half, but he was shoved down once or twice early on in that game where, you know, 50-50, right? Could have easily been penalty calls that he didn't get. And, um, you know, I think they did everything but get the goal maybe in those first 20 to 25 minutes.
0: Yeah, let's let's go in and, and talk about these players now. So um let's let's start with Marcus. So I think a lot of Interisti when he first joined the team were looking at a this is gonna be a winger converted to a forward. He's probably not gonna have the same physicality as Lukaku and you know, not unsure about how it, it would work with Lautaro up top. He is proving that at least in terms of the physicality, as a player that can absorb the ball and and shrug off uh tackles and also the way that he turns and and puts the jets on it's uh it's something to watch and um lautaro needed a rest today there's yeah. there's no doubt about it we saw you know what he did when he ended up coming into the game but he needed uh some time off especially with Arnautovic's injury he's going to be getting a lot of minutes and you needed to give him some time off alexis came in and i think that he he did well with how the team was playing through him. Like you mentioned, there was that that early opportunity that he skied over the bar. But the team did not change their style of play to incorporate Alexis's strengths into the side. And I thought that was interesting because we saw a lot of long balls played into Alexis where he had trouble with the physicality of, of holding up the ball. Um, and he ended up, you know changing the way that he was receiving the ball by dropping so, so deep that you can't ping a long ball. <laughs> you can't ping a long ball into his chest when he's uh, in the middle of the pitch, um, trying to pick up the ball that way, which I think opens up concerns that Interisti have about this forward department and our depth because he is so different um, from what we have with Lautaro, Turam, and Arnautovic. Given his performance today and his, his first start, like, do you think Lautaro Alexis Turam is going to be enough to get through this period until the end of November with Arnautovic out or are we are we in trouble here in um in the forward department?
1: Yeah I mean it's going to have to be um uh, right obviously no I, I think he'll be okay he's listen he's not a young player anymore but maybe he'll lean on that experience as he gets his legs under him um, you know there's quite literally nowhere to go but up from him in terms of performance. I, I think this was uh, its always going to be a tough task and you know, we mentioned Salernitana, right? No no wins yet, but they're not an easy out. Yeah, the scoreline is a little misleading, I think, when we look at the, the full 90 here, but th- they were not never going to make it easy on him and it was always going to be a tough first outing, so um, I, I think they have enough. I mean, I know Champions League is coming. Outside of Champions League, I, I haven't looked at the schedule. I don't know how hard your next, you know eight to ten weeks are
0: after after Benfica yeah okay which is a good side a good side
1: sure so I mean yeah listen there's there's no easy games in Serie A right you guys may have made it look that way early on or or to this point there's really no easy game so um getting results is is all that really matters at the end of the day and I, I think he will have enough to put in his 60 minutes if he starts but in his 30 minutes off the bench if he has to um th- there's nowhere to go but up
0: yeah and in terms of you know the starting lineup that we saw today the biggest um change i guess was we lose fratezi right so instead of and slotting into that role he desperately needs a rest in the same vein as lautaro we see the first minutes from the beginning of of davy not a ton to write home about about his game, aside from one control on a long ball that it was perfect. Uh, he found himself in space to shoot, and, and the shot didn't come off well. But that's another player that we can speak about in a similar vein as Alexis, right? Where now that we have a Fratesi injury to deal with in the midfield, obviously Sensi's out. Hakan is absorbing a lot of minutes right now. Barella and Mickey are absorbing a lot of minutes. What did you make of, you know, we talk about the depth of Inter. What did you make of Klaassen in his first uh, first few minutes in an Inter jersey?
1: I just, I I didn't notice him. And I say that in a good way. He didn't make any mistakes. I think that's really all you can ask for. That's all you really need out of him going forward if he's going to be getting heavy minutes because the rest of the midfield will be there to pick him up. So the fact that you didn't, see or hear his name in a negative light that to me is is more than good
0: speaking of this midfield uh Barella gets on the assist sheet for yeah. uh i think the first time or the second time this year um it's been a difficult year for Barella. he's coming under a lot of criticism and and rightly so he has not been at his best at all this season and I have been saying that this is a matter of fatigue because it's not when you take into account like we played a lot of important games last year that he had to he had to take up the burden of being one of our best players. Um it actually was his first assist this year, so his first goal contribution. Um so he he's played a lot of matches and then he's also an incredibly important player for the national team. So the guy just like never gets a break and I think that that has played into his form. Um, but today was, was better out of him. It it certainly wasn't perfect. There was a moment in the first half where he almost is free if he controls the ball a little bit better. Um, and he's unable to do so, but you watch a lot of city, you know, you see the ups and downs from the best midfielders in the league, right? Luis Alberto starts the season on fire. And now he's sort of, he's sort of taken, um, taken a little bit off. His game has taken a little off, uh, what are you how are you feeling about about Barella at this moment right? Is the criticism warranted, or is this game going to be the turnaround for one of Italy's most important midfielders I think
1: the criticism is warranted only because his expectations you know the the expectations of him have risen after the last few years he's had so you want to talk about him in the vein of being a world-class player, you expect world-class results game in and game out. Whether that's fair or not, that's a discussion You know we can have, right? Inter has a great midfield. They play five players in there. There's only so much one player could shine week in and week out. So um, as long as the results are coming, uh, you know I think maybe the criticism is a little bit harsh. But as a fan of the team, you, you certainly have to be happy with, him getting that chip off of his shoulder, um, and you know, it was a positive performance. I think that's all you can ask for going forward. I mean, if if he has another above average game in the Champions League, that's you know, what more do you want?
0: Outside yeah, take anyway. It's, <laughs> no, it's. I think you're you're right about it. It's like when a player is so important, the way that he is, and he's so capable of doing things that you know he can slot in with the best midfielders in the world it's hard to to sit him down and maybe give him the the rest that he needs but we're not in a situation where we can sort of rotate him out of the squad if fratezi is not going to be there right right? i think today you could have seen like a fratezi glazen duo or even uh you know um a fratesi duo to to give him some rest, but it didn't come off. And I think that that's also affecting another player who had his worst game of the season, in my opinion, but he's been one of, if not Inter's best player this whole year, Hakan Chalonoglu, um, sloppy today. There's no question about it. When he's on, the play runs through him. And when he's on, he's pinging balls all over the pitch. It felt like, He was sluggish. He had trouble dealing with Saranita on his press and uh, his tackling, which is usually really, really solid. He, he got muscled off a few times today, which was um, difficult to see. What are your thoughts on uh, the Turks performance today? Uh, Got hauled off after the 55th minute. Yeah. I think if we
1: want to use the fatigue excuse for some players, this, this looked like the poster boy for it to me. He just didn't look like he was in it from the start. Um, He's played important minutes. He's had good games thus far this year. And sloppy is the best way to put it. It wasn't the outing you expected, but again. So, I I mean, it seems insane to say it with a, a four, you know, a four goal spread of a win, but Salernitana really didn't make it easy, especially those last, you know, 20, 25 minutes of that first half and the first 20 minutes of that, you know, the second half, when up until when he got subbed off, so um, kind of a perfect storm. looked looked a little tired, didn't have his best game. Inzaghi made the right move, and you know the game turned around.
0: Yeah, I saw a lot of people on inter Twitter talking about you know having a little bit of PTSD with this team. That there are some mentality issues when it comes to playing some of the lower sides, where we tend to play down. To our opponents, is that is that I, as an outsider, is that something that you've seen you as well? Guys.
1: every every single person that's listening to this, if you're on Inter Twitter, watch Lazio for two or three or four games against teams like Salernitana and Lecce and Empoli. Watch Lazio for a couple of those games, and then tell me how you feel about Inter. Go back and reevaluate. Yeah, th-
0: it's um. So, it's, so what? I,
1: what I'll honestly say Ale is the mark of a good team, the mark of a great team. Excuse me, over the past couple of years in European football, the Real Madrids, the uh, Manchester Cities, the Barcelonas, the the teams we've watched over the past 10, they can get results without looking great. And that's what Inter's starting to do. I think you guys have gotten a little bit spoiled with the run you went on last year, uh, the, the start to this season, the thrashing of Milan. If you can pull results out without having your best games, with resting your starting players, that's really where the team starts to take that next step. And I think we're seeing the makings of that with Inter. I think um, the Champions League performance stands out to me where certainly wasn't the best game from Inter. Wind up getting a draw out of that. I think um, a couple weeks ago, that, that one nothing victory, for, uh, forgive me, it's escaping me who you guys played. It was the early morning game on Sunday. Empoli, Right? Not, certainly not your best performance. Pull out a win. Um, I think today, you know, you had to grind through sixty minutes. Certainly not Inter's best performance, but the end result is perfect. If they can build on that, the sky's the limit for this team.
0: Yeah, we. I think there's been a lot of noise around the team because we haven't been playing well for our last three performances, right? Sociedad, Empoli, and obviously the loss to Sassuolo. But I think if you look at those three games, um, you know. We didn't play our best and we still, you know, one draw and lost, right? It's not like we came out of there with a string of losses. And one thing that I would say to Int that like if they are looking at today's performance as a continuation of poor play, we played that first ten minutes of the the game very, very well. And then the next, you know, 35 for the first half was was not our best performance. Then First 10 minutes of the second half, not the best for Minter. And then the last 35, a great performance. So it really was a tale of two halves. And I think what you have to take into account as well is that there was rotation going on. And while we can say Minter has the depth to field two different squads, the reality of the situation is you don't just step onto the field after not being a part of the consistency of the team and immediately slot in and you're you're the perfect fit right it, it it's going to take time for a sure. player like davy Claussen to understand and feel what it's like to play in the system and to play with these players and you can say the same thing about alexis because his style of play is very different than the way we we would play with our other three forwards like these guys have to figure out what it means to play in this system with these players um and then you have, you know, it's not the same for everybody because then you have Pavard and uh, Carlos Augusto that, you know, we can look at and say, okay, they stepped in yeah. right away and have looked amazing, look um, yeah. have looked really, really good. What do you make of uh, of Pavard here with his first few performances in an Inter jersey? I think that he's been fantastic. And one thing that I've been especially impressed by, his defense is really good. He's a really good tackler. He doesn't let people get behind him. And he plays, he plays a really solid right center back. Hey man, correct me if I'm wrong. World cup winner, world right? cup winner, World cup winner, cup winner
1: was on Bayern Munich. I mean, that doesn't happen by accident. I guess maybe we could say that with Delict because that dude stinks, but that's another <laughs> conversation we can have. Um, I don't think you, you play on these teams by accident. I don't think you make it to an inter team by accident. He is the perfect guy to me to transition. cherby has been fantastic. Uh, the DeVry has been fantastic. Those guys are not going to be around forever. They might not even be around next year. You know, he he looked seamless in, in the minutes that I've seen him. You would think that he has been on this team for the past two or three years. And I don't know that you could ask for much more. He he seems almost, like you said, a little more of that classical defender that's like, it's hey, it's, it's tackling first. It's defense first. It's not letting this guy get behind me. Um, so really solid performance.
0: Yeah, and obviously Bastoni is one of the guys that needs a rest. I mean, l- like, listen, yep. man, when you're, when you're fighting on all these fronts, like, you have tired guys that are important for the team that need to take a rest, and Bastoni comes out, Devraya and Acerbi come in, and then you have Pavard. I mean, you have a really experienced back line back there that when Inter's midfield was getting played through, um, these guys were they, they were safe. There were no real mistakes uh from the boys except for salernitana's offside goal which i didn't see a replay of it um i Neither don't know what you I. saw on the broadcast
1: yeah uh, so i was gonna ask you i, I saw it was actually a really nice goal uh good break nice finish and i you know left the tv for 30 seconds i come back and it was just it disappeared so i was like oh okay must have been off yeah or so
0: my um i have to i have to look on twitter for the replays like any replays of the the offside because i haven't seen like definitively that it looked off to me from a replay because when it was played live i thought i thought it was fair um here's what happened on that that offside goal uh aslani misplayed that as a defender um he caused confusion for the back line with the way that he was trying to defend and Pavard was stepping off and, you know, the was, was not there. So yeah. Um, Aslani misplayed that one. He's a young kid. It's kind of to be expected. Um, but I thought he came in and, and did himself a, a solid job there. Um, speaking of the wingbacks, Carlos Augusto gets on the, uh, the assist sheet. Yep. I think it's a player that a lot of Interisti have been, really really high on he's a very different player than DiMarco very very different but found his way to impact the game his way nonetheless wasn't a super heralded signing coming from Monza but what do you think about this kid is he uh is he someone that we could eventually see taking DiMarco's spot despite how prolific DiMarco has been so far this season does it feel like he could slot in there
1: yeah. Listen, that's, that's tough for me to say. And I'm a little biased because I do really like Dimarco, Marco and, um, he's, you know, unplayable right now. He's in the form of his life since maybe March or April of last year or earlier this year, I guess. Um, but no Augusto, he was, he was the guy. I mean, I wrote him down in my notes. He really stood out to me, uh, especially in that first half. I think he is just incredible on the ball. Uh, you know, just everything looks fluid. He was whipping in crosses. Um, He's a guy that, you know, he's gotten a lot of minutes off the bench from the games that I've seen, right? He's pretty much the first sub that comes in. So could he have a starting spot? I mean, yeah, he's good enough to start on this team. I I think he is. And he was probably Monza's best player last year, or, you know, if not one of them. So could it happen? Yes. Are are you benching DeMarco for him? I don't think you are, but um, he almost seems like he's flexible enough to take up another position if called upon.
0: Yeah, he could easily slide into that back three as well. Um, he's good enough defensively to be able to do it. His importance to the team can't be, you know, overstated because while you may have a left wing back who is a first choice left wing back for most of the sides in Europe, the the key here is that DiMarco's biggest issue has always been his um uh what's the right word like conditioning ability to do what he does at a top level for the full 90. You'll get 60 of the most amazing minutes you've ever seen from a left wing back out of DiMarco but that's that's it right when you start creeping into 70 80 90 minutes uh there's a significant fall off and it's you know with some players have that ability to go the full 90 week in and week out what he does the his style of play is very demanding I mean he's flying up that left wing Delivering crosses, like really, really involved in our attacking play. So to have a player that you can lean on to rest, uh, Dimarco, and to give him the ability to to play at his top, le- the top level of his game, it, it can't be overstated. Um, Denzel Dumfries, some always something going on with this guy. Like for me, the most egregious thing I saw was, and this is like the second game in a row it's happened, uh, a deep ball that's coming like behind him that he's not looking in the air as it's coming. Like he's almost resigned to the fact that that long ball is going to be completed to the player. And he's already looking at the player waiting for them to receive the ball when you easily, if you turned around and picked your head up, like you could challenge for the ball and that play is not completed to the player. You know what I'm talking about? Like it's, so Wild.
1: I, I, my take on him really is he's just one of those guys that relies a hundred percent on his natural ability and just doesn't put in the work in the in the video room, right on the training ground. He's not so concerned about tactics, um, and he's just not the smartest player. I mean, let's call it. What are they? Listen, I, I listen to you guys every week. I know you have your thoughts, and I tend to agree with all of them, um, it, it, but he puts in that. You know, those five minutes of brilliance every match and some matches it makes you forget about his mistakes. Um you know, he was noticeable again early on in the game, and then he just kind of faded and you were crossing your fingers and closing your eyes, and as you said, hoping that the defensive lapses didn't come back to haunt you guys. And that seems to be game in and game out
0: yeah and it's also telling that you know the majority of our play still went through carlos augusto yep. despite the fact that he you know Dumfries is the starter on the right hand side while carlos is the sub right they still played a lot through carlos and denzel was involved early but mostly because turam and barela are on that side so you try to get them involved and You know, anyway, up and down performance for him, which is the typical welcome to the interviews pod. This (laughs) is this is what you get. Darmian gets a few minutes on the pitch, uh, you know, does his job solid. Not really much to discuss there. But there's a player that we haven't gotten to. That is the story of the match. Lautaro Martinez comes on in the 55th minute. He doesn't get you one. He doesn't even get you three. He gets you four. Lautaro Martinez back on top of the, actually, I don't know if he was ever knocked off of the Capo Capocanoniere list, an amazing super sub performance. Um, what I think is the most important thing to recognize about his his performance today is the fact that he comes onto the game in a nil-nil game, in a nil-nil game where we really need a win. We have not been playing our best and he played like the captain that he is. He played like the player that an agent is talking about this week, saying, I've brought him amazing offers. And you know what he says to me? Inter. Inter. That's what his agent said this week. And uh, God, I'm, I'm so happy to have this player play on my team. And you know what? If Haaland, Lewandowski, Mbappe was bumping in four goals in a short cameo, the whole everybody would be saying, this is the yes. best striker in the world. Yes. Are we not... Are we not giving enough credit to Lautaro Martinez for what he's doing out here for Inter?
1: So fortunately, you have a guest here who came on just maybe, I don't know, six, seven weeks ago, who said, hey, this is the guy that I think is going to win Capo Cananieri and who uh, you know doesn't get the credit he deserves. And now maybe we're changing that narrative a little bit. I think you just hit the nail on the head. Um, This is a guy that could Literally rewrite the history of this club if he stays and sounds like he wants to stay. So, if he can stay healthy, he, these are the performances he's putting in. Um, you know, I, I said to you guys then, and I believe it now, we haven't even seen the best of him. This could be that season. I'm, you know, I'm hoping for your sake that it is. I think he's been outstanding to watch and. He scored in every which way. And I, I shouldn't say that because I didn't even see the fourth goal. I turned the game off. I was actually just preparing to come on with you. So I know that first one touch, goal.
0: One touch shot from a Carlos Augusto ball across the middle. Right there you the have net.
1: it. I think, you know, the first goal, uh, he even started the play. But him and Turam, I mean, that's everything you want in a fast break. Making defenders go the wrong way. Opening up space for each other. Cheeky little finish that, you know, out of almost nothing the second goal, that one timer about great play, great finish penalty where, you know, now what the third or fourth time that Duram got shoved in the box where might've been actually the weakest one of all three. But I think, you know, at that point in time, the ref felt like he had to call something. So you, you like a player to finish his penalties. And you mentioned that fourth, the one time he has a knack for these one timers. I mean, he's just, it's clinical, yeah. get, get him the service and this is what he's going to do. And, um,
0: that's the yeah, word I, you just, you just said the word like clinical, because this was turning into that trap game where you start to find your way into the game. You're the big side and you need to put away your chances. And I could easily, like we saw it with Alexis blazing a chance over the bar. We saw it with other players, like not putting away, they needed their guy to be clinical. And that's exactly what he was today.
1: Now it. And then that's sky's the limit for Lotado, no doubt.
0: Okay, let's talk about uh, Simone here. Um a lot of criticism last week for the rotations in the team or you know not really rotating the team actually. Um and letting some tired legs stay out there to a really flat performance, a performance where once we um once we went down with that uh that 2-1 from the Berardi world-class goal, we just we couldn't find our footing. And at no point in time did it feel like we were going to get back into that game today. He decides to do some, some rotation here. Uh, Pavard comes back into the team. Carlos Augusto gets, gets to start. Klaassen gets to start. Alexis gets to start. That's a big call to make, especially, you know, even if it's necessary because of the tired players, it's a big call to make in, in a tough place to play. What did you think of, of how Inzaghi managed this game <clears throat> when we were 10 minutes off the blocks, 35 minutes down, and then into the second half, you know, coming out and getting this 4-0 dominant uh, victory? What did you think of Simona in a performance that he needed a real bounce back or else things were going to start to get loud?
1: I think overall he's getting better. I think now he has, we've been talking about it, he has the squad that affords him the ability to make these wholesale changes and to really dive into his bench when he needs to. This is a foreign concept to him. He didn't have this luxury at Lazio. He maybe didn't even have this luxury his first um, you know, year at Inter. Um, and and now he is. And this was the game. I mean, if you're looking at the calendar, this was the one you circled where, okay, I need to get guys rest. I need to give some players some minutes. He did that. He saw it wasn't working out. They weathered the storm, made the subs that he needed to make and you know wound up getting a goal against the run of play quite honestly and it's what turned the entire game around so uh, i mean i don't know how much better he could have done without being on the pitch right it, it's they they easily are up one two nothing in that first half and they weren't and he made the necessary adjustments
0: yeah it's simona's biggest uh critics will say that his rotation um he doesn't get it spot on today he got it spot on his biggest critics will say that he can't keep the mentality um, focused for the full campionato, that full 38 that you need in order to, to take home the title. So far, good. Uh, six out of seven, right? Yep. Like, you know, is it six out of seven or is it yep. five out of six? Yep. It's six? Six out of seven. seven. So... You know, if we look at the team today, we've talked about how Inter is most comfortable when they're not the ball-dominant team, when they can hit people on the break. Uh, Today, they were the ball-dominant team, 64% possession. You know, XG was 2.37 to 0.64, 16 shots to 12, six shots on target to three, three big chances for Inter. I mean, we, you know, um, we played a good game here. And uh, I... I am happy that at least for some period, a little bit of time until Wednesday, some of the voices that are starting to look at Inter and saying, oh, well, I'm not sure, you know, you know, we praise this team for being one of the best in Europe. And now, you know, three straight subpar performances. You can't call this performance subpar. You just can't. There, There are periods in a game, right? Momentum shifts in a game. And Inter was the better team today and they won for nothing and they're back, uh, back on top of Serie a, um, joint with, uh, with Milan. So I couldn't be happier, um, with the performance today. I think it's a really big morale boost after what happened with Sassuolo in order to go into a home game against Benfica in the champions league, like, you know, a couple bad results in a row going into a must win game in the champions league was, would be hard. Um, especially from this week, like knowing the Italian media, they would have really been piling on the pressure. So uh, this was an important win, and um, we got it done.
1: Yeah, and away game, too. I don't think we even mentioned that, right? That's always tough. And listen, we I'm guilty of it. All fans are guilty of it. We live in the moment. We live in what was our last result or our last two or three results. You're going on year three. This man fought for the Scudetto in his first year. Could have won it. Made a Champions League final in his second year. Now you're off to a flying start. Enjoy it. You're not gonna win every game. Bad performances are gonna happen. These these players are human. Enjoy it, man. I, I don't know what more you can ask for out of Simone at this point in time. He, he yeah. like this this is the year for me where if he wins, he's he's taken that next step. He's the manager everybody wants him to be, right?
0: Yeah, it's um I really have to put down the voices that get loud after, you know, subpar performances like we saw against Empoli, but we still had the three points. And like we saw against Sassuolo where obviously we lost the game. Like, I think the conversation around Dean there, this, this off season, and you know, every single press conference, they're asked about it. Like the objective is the second star. So anything other than three points in Serie A week in and week out, you're going to, you're going to hear it from the fans yeah. and you're going to hear it from the critics. Like it's just, that's how it goes when you set these expectations and you know, you set these objectives and you do the business that you did this summer and you kept the squad competitive and you know, you, you had an amazing run to the end of last year. It's natural that everyone is on high alert when it comes to this scene, third team, the expectation is that, you know, we pick up the three points because we're capable of picking up three points in every game that we play right. this year. We'll play, you know, we, if we play Man City, I, my expectation is higher for that game. We, we played a great 90 against them. So, like, you know, it, it's, um, you're and not going to, like you said, you're not going to win every game. You're not going to win every game.
1: And look on the outside, man. I'm particularly harsh on my club, but look at Mourinho, look at Sadi in Rome. Year three, these programs have not been advanced at all. Mourinho maybe gets a little bit of a pass because they won a conference league. Fantastic accomplishment. I would have died to have won that competition.
0: They also sixth- can't spend any money.
1: Okay, but still, sixth place two years in a row. Seventh yeah. place before they hired Mourinho. Program hasn't advanced. Lazio. Yes, they finished second place last year. That's great. But they're fighting for that fourth, fifth, sixth spot year in and year out. Saudi has not changed that. And this year he got all the players he wanted within reason, right? Um, Hasn't really advanced the program. They're still piss poor against the bottom half of the league. They're still unmotivated game in and game out. They still cannot come back if they are behind in any game. I haven't seen it in three years under Sadi. So be excited, man. Like don't, don't get caught up in one or two bad performances. I understand the expectations are much higher, but had a hell of a run, and and you guys are still on it. So, you know, the alternatives out there aren't great. Look at even some of these Premier League teams. They're changing managers year in and year out. You're talking about powerhouses, Chelsea, Man United. um, And
0: spending out the ass to to build their teams. Three
1: years, three coaches for, I think, you know, maybe even more coaches in three years for two or three of those teams. So enjoy a little bit of consistency. And, and enjoy the results that are coming from it. I think the team is bought in, uh, and like I said, I, I'm guilty of it, right? We all do it, but I'd be, I'm envious at the position you guys are in. That I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Don't lose yeah. sight of that.
0: Yeah, and I uh, I tend to skew positive, um, you know, which is probably an aberration amongst uh, football fans. But <laughs> I tend to skew positive around this team, and I am happy that. I can continue to do so at least for a few days until the Champions League game comes up. That's it for today, guys. Uh, really appreciate Nick for jumping on. Nick, can you tell the people where to uh, where to find you?
1: Yeah, first and foremost, thank you for having me. Uh, on Twitter, at Nick Diani, at KicksPicksPod. We cover Serie A, Premier League, pretty much all of Europe, betting show. Uh, we break down the games, but we're giving out picks every week. Episodes usually dropping on Wednesday or Thursday. Do have to plug that we had a monster day today. We were six and one. So had a a couple weeks in a row. I was going
0: to ask you to tell tell Um, the listeners about these picks because I
1: saw them on Twitter. And yeah, we're we're doing okay. There's three of us. We have a great time. I mean, if nothing else, you'll get some entertainment and hopefully pick up an angle or two if you you like to bet. But um, definitely give us a a listen if you haven't. You know, We love to interact on Twitter we've had uh Ali on. he was actually just on a couple weeks ago he broke down the derby so uh a lot of fun with the community for sure
0: yeah these guys are uh are great and they're not uh they're not like some of those other betting uh platforms and systems out there you'll get you'll get wins week in and oh, week out so hey man <laughs> we
1: we're, we're we're doing we're looking to have some fun first and foremost but uh I, we've we've done alright so far so appreciate yeah. that yeah
0: yeah <laughs> all right guys uh as you know we sign it off the same way each time in the words of the great roberto scarpini forza ragazzi forza ragazzi forza ragazzi